Welcome to Mornings with Jesus. This is a live, interactive Bible study where we can connect with Christ and community daily and deeply. Join us every weekday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time as we read a chapter of the Bible, pray, and share our reflections. Whether you are joining live or on the replay, I know God will meet you here. I also want to invite you to the Faith Mamas Tribe app. This is a free app where women of faith can connect, be encouraged, and have their faith strengthened. It's the online social space I know you've been looking for. So make sure to do three things before we start. One, subscribe to this channel. Two, share this with a friend. And three, download the app. Trust me, you'll be glad you did. Now let's dive in today's Morning with Jesus. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Mornings with Jesus. If this is your first time here, hello and welcome. My name is Dominique Young, and I'm excited to be studying the Bible alongside you. But before we jump in, I've got to say good morning to some of my friends that I see here live this morning. Good morning, Miss Margaret. Good morning, Bevy. Good morning, Allison. Good morning, Latrice. Good morning, Natalia. Good morning, Shanda. Good morning, Lilith. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, Brenda. Good morning, Joanne. Good morning, Erica. Good morning, Donna Lanita. Good morning, April. Good morning, Tamika. Good morning, Audrey. Good morning, Brandy. Good morning, Cheryl. Good morning. Hello to everyone. Good morning, T. Horton. All right, we are in here live on a Monday morning. Good morning, Donita. Donita says, every time I see your name, Papa, I want to smile and laugh because I remember when you were like, I am not a morning person. And then that fourth quarter Bible press and man, it's just been such a blessing to see you ever since. Praise the Lord. Good morning, Shelly. Good morning. Good morning. Well, you guys know how we like to do it before we jump into our chapter for today, which is Joshua chapter 19. Let's go ahead and say, what are you grateful for this morning? What are you grateful for this morning? Let's just shout God out. Let him know that we are so grateful for him. Uh, Margaret says, grateful for grace and mercy grace and mercy. Hallelujah. Let that sink in. Grateful for grace and mercy. Hallelujah. Donita said, I'm still present, but glory to God, I'm here. (laughs) Amen. Praise God. We're so glad to see you. I'm glad to see you every morning, sis. We are so glad to see you. What are you guys grateful for? Brenda says, I'm grateful for God's patience. Yeah. And he has quite a bit of it. Amen. Grateful for God's patience. Brickell, hey, sis. She says, good morning. I am grateful for unspeakable peace. Hallelujah. Joanne says, I'm grateful for much needed rest on yesterday. Hallelujah. Erica says, I'm grateful to be here. Yes, I'm grateful you're here too, sis. Hey, Bailey, how are you? Natalia says, grateful for God's peace. Amen. Janice is thankful for good sleep. Donita sent me a great Christian sleep meditation video and it worked. Come on. 
See, I love the sisterhood here where people are connecting with each other and supporting one another on each other's journeys. Like, it's just so beautiful to see and to hear. Bevy says, I'm so grateful to God for his guidance and his presence in our family life. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Ah, Donita says, I'm grateful for a nice weekend. Lilith says, God is great. He is wonderful and amazing. I'm grateful to him for always being there for us, never leaving us, nor forsaking us. Hallelujah. God is good, y'all. God is good. T. Horton says, I'm grateful for the word of God. Yeah, me too. Me too. Brandy says, I'm grateful for Mornings with Jesus coffee chat yesterday. I got some good takeaways and plan to apply them. Woohoo! Me too, sis. Like, I'm like, my husband and I, we had a whole conversation and I was like, okay, you know, we're going to lay out our life in accordance to the week that, that God laid out. I'm just excited to see what God does with all of this and how, you know, some of the, how our lives begin to change. Audrey says, I'm so grateful for family, fun, and laughter. Spending time with my granddaughter, Casey, gives me so much joy. Casey is amazing. Casey is amazing. Latrice is grateful for restoration. God is so good. Hallelujah. Shanda says, I'm grateful that God walks us through confrontation. I've been having issues with my neighbor and had to come had to come to the police on Friday and last night. God is showing me how to love through it all. Hallelujah. Bevy says, I am so grateful to God for his guidance and his presence in our family. Amen. Good morning, Heather. Glad to see you. Shelly says, I'm grateful to God that I can call upon him to renew my strength. God is so good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Allison says, I'm grateful for rest and God's peace and protection on our travels. We had quite a trip back and I was surprised that I was still grateful with God. Everything is truly different. Amen. April says, I'm grateful for God always showing me to trust him. Amen. And Tamikas is grateful for what God is about to do in my family. Come on. I know that's right. What he's about to do in my family. Hallelujah. Cheryl says, grateful God is directing my steps. Amen. Hallelujah. You guys, I'm grateful for this Faith Mamas retreat that's about to come in September. I know it feels so far away, but I'm absolutely amazed um, again, that the, the event is almost sold out. I think we got eight tickets left. I am amazed. I'm like, it's only April. Praise the Lord. So I'm just grateful to God. Um, and I'm excited to see y'all. Like, I'm so excited to see people. It's so funny because I, you know, in my mind, I feel like I've seen y'all, but I'm like, no, actually, you know, for the most part, if you've seen them, you see them on zoom from like only here up. So I'm just excited. I'm so excited to be able to see people, to be able to be in person with people. Like I am just, I'm super excited for what God is doing and, and how he's doing it. And, ah, I'm amazed y'all. I'm amazed and I'm grateful and I'm amazed and I'm grateful and I'm amazed and I'm grateful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And if you are interested in going to the Faith Mamas retreat, but you're like, look, I don't have the money right now, but I'll have it next month or whenever. Let me know so that I can save your ticket, right? Let me know so that I can save your ticket um, and so that we could just treat that like a, a, a ticket sale. So just let me know, okay? DM me in the app. But I'm just grateful 
I'm just grateful. I'm so excited. I can't wait to meet y'all, like, in person. Like, for real, for real. Like, ah, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. And I know this is going to be the first of many retreats and that we are going to meet others and travel and go around. And I just can't wait to see people um, and see what God does. Yeah. <laughs> Donita says, yay, you get to see how tall folks are. Yo, when I saw Donita, I was like, I wasn't expecting you to be that tall. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I'm not tall, y'all. So therefore, uh, when I saw Danita, she was a uh, she was much she was taller than me. I was like, I fe- I I felt like we was gonna be the same height. Like I don't I don't know. I wasn't ready. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, we are about to jump into Joshua chapter 19. God is so good. Ellen says, grateful for God's peace. Amen. Barb says, I'm grateful to experience not holding on to anger. Come on. Holy Spirit was present to reconcile. Hallelujah. God is so good. Woo. God is so good. Bailey says, I'm grateful for the Holy Spirit's guidance, even when I don't feel his presence. Come on. That that thing hit me. A lot of times we think we've got to feel the Holy Spirit in order for the Holy Spirit to be guiding. Look, the Holy Spirit is always guiding, even if we can't feel him, right? Man, that's so good. All right, y'all, we are about to jump in to Joshua chapter 19. Let me just say Joshua chapter 19 got a whole bunch of names. Um, So y'all pray for me as I go through these names, but I'm excited to jump into Joshua chapter 19 with you guys and um, see where God leads us. All right, let's go ahead and pray. As we prepare to jump into Joshua chapter 19. (sighs) Father God, first and foremost, Lord, we thank you for the things that we mentioned, for the things that we didn't mention, Lord God. We just are so grateful for who you are. We're so grateful for what you're doing and how you're changing and transforming our lives. We're so grateful for you. We're so grateful for you. And Lord God, we ask that as we move forward and read this chapter, that you be with us, God. And Lord, we also ask that you lead and guide anyone who you would like to be here, Lord God. Just bring them here, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And Father God, we just ask that as we read each word, Lord, that we don't lean out because we don't think that it applies to us, but that we lean into you and that we trust you. Help us to trust you, Lord God, with everything we read scripturally, that you would lead us, that you would guide us, that you would show us what it is that you want us to know and see this morning. So Lord God, we ask you to lead us and we say that where you lead, we will follow in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 All right, y'all, we are reading Joshua chapter 19 today. I'm going to read from the CSB translation, but you can feel free to read from whatever translation you have available to you. If this is your first time reading with Faith Mamas, we read the chapter two times. The first time, we just kind of get a picture in our mind of everything that's going on. The second time, we take out our pens, our pencils, our highlighters, and we take notes in the margin and kind of just see where God is going to lead us here. All right? And I want to let you know that sometimes it can be easy to want to lean out of the Old Testament. Like, oh, this doesn't apply to me. But I encourage you to lean in. You'll be surprised at what God will show you as you commit to him in this chapter right here. All right, here we go. Joshua chapter 19. Again, I'm reading from the CSB translation. Here we go. The second lot came out for Simeon, for the tribe of his descendants by their clans. 
but their inheritance was within the inheritance given to Judah's descendants. Their inheritance included Beersheba, or Sheba, Molada, Harzar, Shaul, Balal, or Balha, Esma, Eltalad, Bethel, Horma, Ziklag, Beth Markaboth, Hazar Susa, Beth Laboth, and Sharun, 13 cities with their settlements, Ain, Rimon, Ether, and Ashen, four cities with their settlements, and all the settlements surrounding these cities, as far as Baal Athbear, Rama in the south. This was the inheritance of the tribe of Simeon's descendants by their clans. The inheritance of Simeon's descendants was within the territory of Judah's descendants because the share for Judah's descendants was too large. So Simeon's descendants received an inheritance within Judah's portion. The third lot came up, up for Zebulun descendants by their clan. The territory of their inheritance stretched as far as Sarid. Their border went up westward to Marla, reached Dabashith, and met the brook east of Joknim. From Sarid, it turned due east along the border of Chesloth Tabor and went to Dabarath and went up to Japhia. From there, it went east to Gath Hefer and Eth Kazan and extended to Remian, curving around to Nia. The border then circled around Nia on the north to Hanathon and ended at If. Ifath El Valley, along with Katab, Nahal, Shimron, Edalah, and Bethlehem. Twelve cities with their settlements. This was the inheritance of Zebulun's descendants by their clans. These cities with their settlements. The fourth lot came out for the tribe of Ishakar, descendants by their clans. Their territory went to Jezreel and included Cheseloth, Shinum, Hephraim, Shion, Anaharoth, Rebith, Kishon, Ebes, Remith, Enganim, Enhadah, and Beth Pazazes. The border reached Tabar, Shahazamah, and Beth Shamish and ended at the Jordan. 16 cities with their settlements. This was the inheritance of the tribe of Ishakar's descendants by their clans, the cities with their settlements. The fifth lot came out for the tribe of Asher's descendants by their clans. Their boundary included Helkath, Hali, Betan, Ashkfa, Alamek, Ahmad, Michelle, and reached westward to Carmel, Shihor Limnath. It turned eastward to Beth Dagon, reached Zebulun and Ephtael Valley towards, towards Beth Emek and Nail, and went north to Kabul, Ebron, Rehob, Haman, and Cana, as far as Greater Sidon. The boundary then turned to Ramah, as far as the fortified city of Tyre. It turned back to Hosea, 
and ended at the Mediterranean Sea, included Meheleb, Ash, Askib, Uma, Afek, and Rehob, 22 cities with their settlements. This was the inheritance of the tribe of Asher's descendants by their clan, these cities with their descendants, or these cities with their settlements. The sixth lot came out for Naphtali's descendants by their clans. Their boundaries went up from Health and from the Oak in Zanim, including Adimi, Nikib, and Jebneel, as far as Lakum and ended at the Jordan. To the west, the boundary turned to Asnoth, Tabor, and went from there to Hukuk, reaching Zebulun on the south. Asher on the west and Judah at the Jordan on the east. The fortified cities were Zedim, Zir, Hamath, Rakoth, Chenirith, Adima, Ramah, Hazar, Kadesh, Edari, in Hazar, Iron, Migdal, Horim, Beth Anath, and Beth Shemesh. 19 cities with their settlements. This was the inheritance of the tribe of Nephtali's descendants by their clans, the cities with their settlements. The seventh lot came out for the tribe of Dan's descendants by their clan. The territory of their inheritance included Zorah, Eshtoel, Ir Shemesh, Sheblin, Ajalon, Ithla, Elon, Timna, Ekron, Elka, Gibeoth, Bela, Jehud, Beni Barak, Gath Rimon, Me Jarkon, and Rakon, and the territory facing Joppa. When the territory of the descendants of Dan slipped out of their control, they went up and fought against Leshem, captured it, and struck it down with the sword. So they took possession of it, lived there, and renamed. Leshem after their ancestor Dan. This was the inheritance of the tribe of Dan's descendants by their clans. These cities with their settlements. When they had finished distributing the land into its territories, the Israelites gave Joshua, son of Nun, an inheritance among them. But the Lord, but the Lord's command, by the Lord's command, they gave him the city Timnath Sarah in the hill country of Ephraim, which he requested. He rebuilt the city and lived in it. These were the portions that the priest Eleazar, Joshua's son of Nun, and the family heads distributed to the Israelite tribes by lot at Shiloh in the Lord's presence at the entrance to the tent of meetings. So they finished dividing up the land. Okay, here we go. Let's read this chapter one more time. One more time. Joshua 19. The second lot came out for Simeon, for the tribe of his descendants by their clans. But their inheritance was within the inheritance given to Judah's descendants. Their inheritance included Beersheba, Beersheba, Molada, Hazor Shaul, Balal, Ezem, El Talad, Bethul, Horma, Ziklag, 
Beth Markaboth, Hazar Souza, Beth Leoboth, and Sharuan. 13 cities with their settlements. Ain, Rimon, Ether, and Ashan. Four cities with their settlements. And all the settlements surrounding these cities as far as Baal Athbear, Rama in the south. This was the inheritance of the tribe of Simeon's descendants by their clans. The inheritance of Simeon's descendants was within the territory of Judah's descendants because the share for Judah's descendants was too large. So Simeon's descendants received an inheritance within Judah's portion. The third lot came up for Zebulun's descendants by their clans. The territory of their inheritance stretched as far as Sarid. Their borders went up westward to Marla, reached Dabashith, and met the brook east of Jokneam. From Sarid, it turned due east along the border of Chithloth-Tabor, went to Deborah, and went up to Jaffa. From there, it went due east to Gath-Hefer and to Eth-Kazin. It extended to Rimon, curving around Nia. The border then circled around Nia on the north to the Hanath to the Hanathon and ended at Ifil Valley along the Katah, Nahalo, Shimron, Idala, and Bethlehem. Twelve cities with their settlements. This was the inheritance of Zebulun's descendants by their clans. These cities with their settlements. The fourth lot came out for the tribe of Ishakar's descendants by their clans. Their territory went to Jezreel and included Chesalos, Shinuim, Hepharim, Shion, Anahareth, Ribith, Kishion, Ebez, Ramith, En Ganim, En Hadath, and Beth Paziz. The border reached Tabor, Shahazuema, and Beth Shemesh, and ended at the Jordan, 16 cities with their settlements. This was the inheritance of the tribe of Ishakar's descendants by their clans, the cities with their settlements. The fifth lot came out for the tribe of Asher's descendants by their clans. Their boundaries included Helkath, Hali, Betan, Ashkfa, Alamelech, Ahmad, and Mishael, and reached eastward to Carmel, Shehor, Limnath, it turned eastward to Beth Dagon, reached Zebulun, and east to El Valley, north toward Beth Emek and Nail, and went north to Cabal, Ebron, Rehob, Haman, and Cana, as far as Greater Sidon. The boundary then turned to Ramah, as far as the fortified city of Tyre. It turned back to Hosea and ended at the Mediterranean Sea, including Mahelab, Ashzib, Uma, Athic, and Rehob, 22 cities with their settlements. This was the inheritance of the tribe of Asher's descendants by their clan, these cities with their settlements. The sixth lot came out for Nephtali's descendants by their clans. Their boundary went from health and from the oak of Zanim, including Adimi, Nikev, 
and Jabneel as far as Lekum and ended at the Jordan. To the west, the boundary turned to Asnoth and Tabor and went from there to Hukok, reaching Zebulun on the south, Asher on the west, and Judah at the Jordan on the east. The fortified cities were Zedim, Zir, Hamath, Rakoth, Chinnereth, Adamah, Ramah, Hazor, Kadesh, Edri, In Hazar, Iron, Migdel El, Horem, Beth Aneth, and Beth Shemesh. Nineteen cities with their settlements. This was the inheritance of the tribe of Nephtali's descendants by their clan, the cities with their settlements. The seventh lot came out from for the tribe of Dan's descendants by their clan. The territory of their inheritance included Zora, Eshtal, Ir Shemesh, Shalablim, Ajlon, Ithla, Elon, Timna, Ekron, Eltika, Jim, Jibbethon, Balath, Jehud, Bina Barek, Gath Ramon, Me Jarkon, and Rikon, with the territory facing Joppa. When the territory of the descendants of Dan slipped out of their control, they went up and fought against Leshem and captured it and struck it down with the sword. So they took possession of it, lived there, and renamed Leshem after their ancestor, Dan. This was the inheritance of the tribe of Dan's descendants by their clan, these cities with their settlements. When they had finished distributing the land into territories, the Israelites gave Joshua, son of Nun, an inheritance among them. But the, by the Lord's command, they gave him the city Timnath Sarah in the hill country of Ephraim, which he requested. He rebuilt the city and lived in it. These were the portions that the priests, Eleazar, Joshua, son of Nun, and the family heads distributed to the Israelite tribes by lot at Shiloh in the Lord's presence at the entrance to the tent of meetings. So they finished dividing up the land. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for the opportunity to read these scriptures, Lord God. We thank you so much for the opportunity to press in and to lean into you and to get an understanding of who you are by seeing how you interacted with people over the course of time. Lord, we pray that as we move into a time of reflection, that you would help us to reflect on this chapter, that you would help us to bring out the parts that you want us to bring out, Lord God, to see what it is that you want us to see. Lord, we pray that you would help us to take any blinders off our eyes to be able to see what it is you want us to see. Lord, we give you all the glory, honor, and praise, and we ask you to have your way, and where you lead, we will follow. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, y'all. Let's jump into a time of personal reflection, and then we will come back for a time of corporate reflection. Here we go.
All right, guys, we are back. So whew, thank y'all for praying for me as we went through all those names. Um, but what we are seeing, I just want to give a little bit of background just in case you're jumping in here with us for the first time. And so basically, we we have been on a journey with the children of Israel. We've watched them. God delivered them from Egyptian captivity. They were in they were in Egyptian slavery for 400 years. Then they spent 40 years, 40 plus years in the wilderness under Moses's leadership. And now they are making their way into the promised land and they have gone to war with a lot of people that were in these areas and they have come out the victor in the war and now they have taken the land and now they are distributing the land so that all the people in the tribes get what they need. And we've been using this little map to kind of get a picture. So now it's basically saying all of the land has now been divided up. And this is what it kind of looks like. As they said, Simeon has land in the midst of Judah. So we see what that looks like. And then we today we looked at Dan and Asher and Nephtali and Zebulun and Ishakar. And we may be thinking, who are these people? Well, these are tribes in Israel that they were once the sons of Israel or Jacob. So all of the sons of Israel, their names um, basically example, uh, basically are the tribes. So Simeon was a son of Israel whose name was originally Jacob. And now Simeon is now passed on, but his descendants make up the tribe of Simeon. The same thing with Ishakar, the same thing with Asher, the same thing with Dan, the same thing with Nephili. We're usually really used to hearing about Judah because of Jesus is the lion from the tribe of Judah. And we're usually really used to hearing about Joseph because Joseph's story is very well told. And sometimes we forget that there was 12 brothers all together, 12 brothers and a sister. Um, and their sister's name was Dinah. And her, she does not have a tribe that is represented here because we know that historically speaking, um, the wife would take on the tribe of her husband. Um, so these are all the tribes of the, the man, the brothers that were represented as sons of Jacob or sons of Israel. Okay, so that's our background for today. So let's dive in. What is standing out to you? Allison says, cities and settlements in your translation reads as towns and villages in mine. For some, for some different words paint a different picture. Absolutely. And you pro and probably the way we know it, villages um, and towns, towns and villages would probably be painted a more accurate picture, right? So basically what is happening is we have these areas where there's a large number of human population. And then we have the outskirt areas where there's a larger um, amount of um, cattle, cattle and, and animals and things like that. So the settlements or the villages have more of like an agricultural situation going on. The towns have more of like a populace, a human populace. So that's what we're seeing here. So some may say village, towns and villages, mine says cities and settlements. But the idea is like, hey, there's an area where there's more humans. Then there's an area where there's more of like an agriculture and, and, and cattle and all that stuff. So yeah, that's awesome. Uh, Bailey, thank you so much for your support. Because those names, my goodness, it just is a good reminder that the Bible is not written in English, right? Um, which is a great, great reminder for us all. 
All right. Erica says verse 49 through 51. Interesting how that how they dealt with the priest. Let's go 49 through 51. Ah, I see. Okay, it says when they had finished distributing the land into its territories, the Israelites gave Joshua son of Nun, inheritance. So this is where Joshua gets his inheritance. By the Lord's command, they gave him the city of Timnath-Serah in the hill country of Ephraim, which he requested. He rebuilt the city and lived in it. These were the portions that the priest Eleazar, Joshua's son of Nun, and the family heads distributed to the Israelite tribes by the lot at Shiloh. So these guys were the ones that had that were basically distributing the land, that were casting the lots. It was Joshua. It was the priest, Eleazar. Because remember, the priest Aaron that we met in in, um, Exodus, he is dead and gone along with Moses. So the person that has taken his place is the priest Eleazar. So we we have Joshua, we have Eleazar, and then we have the individuals who were the leaders of the tribes. And they were the ones that came together to make sure that they divided up the land. Latrice says, I love how Joshua waited until the end of everyone's assignment to get to be given his land. And I'm, I love that the scriptures mention this because, you know, I wrongfully assumed, oh, Joshua already got his land with his tribe, right? With his tribe. But here we see, no, at the very end, after everybody got what they needed, then Joshua took his land. So he waited until everyone got what they needed. And remember, these last seven tribes, they were taking their time. Joshua had to say, come on, y'all, go and get your land. So these last seven tribes, they were taking their time. So Joshua had to wait until they got up and until they went and did what they needed to do before he could even have, could even get his land, which is amazing, which is amazing. Of Genesis verse eight notes the say the Najib that sounds familiar. Not sure where we see it again. Yeah, we see it in a couple places. I need to pull the geography out on that, but we do see it in a couple places. You're absolutely right. Brandy says the entire chapter. <laughs> I love Brandy. I love when we get to these history sections, and she's like, I love the whole thing. She said I enjoy reading the history on the distrib- distribution of lands. Verse one and nine stood out to me. Let's go. Verse one says the second lot came out for Simeon for the tribe of his descendants by their clans, but their inheritance was within the inheritance given to Judah's descendants. Yeah. And this is where he talks about Judah's land being so big. They had too much of it. So, so, so God gave some of Judah's land away. Why? Because they didn't need all that land, which I think is, that'll preach all by itself. God is not, he's not like trying to give us excess. Like we think he's like, look, you got enough. Let me put some other tribe in the middle of it right there. Yeah. I love it. Uh, Janice said, uh, verse nine, because the land was too large for Judah. Come on again. We see God giving enough and not too much. Can we talk about this pattern of God real quick? Can we talk about this pattern of God real quick? I think that a lot of times we get caught on the scripture that says God will give exceedingly abundantly above. And we're like, whoo, God is going to give us so much that we can't even can't even grab it and all this stuff. And yes, but we have to also notice that there is a pattern of God where God really does believe in enoughness. Like, do you have enough? to care for your family? Do you have enough to care for your tri- your 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 livestock? 
And is there more left over that can be given to someone else? A lot of times we think, oh, when God gives us, whoo, when God gives us exceedingly abundantly above, it's for us to hoard. But throughout scripture, we see that when God gives us more than enough, it's for us to give. When God gives us more than enough, it's for us to give. We see this repeatedly. When God gives us more than enough, it's for us to give. We see this with Judah. We also see this with King Solomon. King Solomon was super wealthy, but it said that when the queen of Sheba came to look at his wealth, she was amazed that the servants were dressed well and that everyone in the kingdom was taken care of, right? So the idea is that when God gives us more than we need, we give it away. We get really excited about that scripture. It's like, God will give me exceedingly abundantly above all that I can ask or think. Yes, he will. But are we prepared for the responsibility of giving it away to those that need it? I just, whew, that little piece right here in this, this chapter is just like Simeon was tucked right inside of Judah because they had more than enough. They had more than enough. Latrice said in the tribe of Judah, having too much share to share and shared the land with no problem. Right. They recognized they had more than enough. And they were willing to share the land that they had. That's amazing. But that is also a principle that we see throughout scripture. When God gives more than enough, he expects. That it be shared, not hoarded not stored up in barns. That doesn't make any sense. Brandy says, Dan's name stood out to me too. Not sure why. Mm. Interesting. I'm, I'm interested to see what God does with that. Brenda says, all the chapter is reminding me of how faithful God is to the covenant with the Israelites. Absolutely. God keeps his promise. And this promise was made to Abraham. Remember, before there was an Israel, this promise was made to Abraham. And he promised Abraham that all the nations would be blessed by, through him. Um, so we have Israel, but then we're going to see how, is, how God is going to use Israel to reach out to the Gentiles. How we're going to see that this promise continues, that God is so faithful that it just continues for generation to generation. Genesis 49 through 51, job complete and Joshua given his own inheritance by the people as God commands. Yes, as God commands. Bailey says, I like how verse 50 says the Lord commanded and verse 51 says the Lord's presence. God was included in distributing the land. Come on. God was included in distributing the land. Donita said, verse nine, tribe of Simeon's land was within Judah. That Hey, I'm seeing a pattern of what God wants to talk to us about. Demetrius says their allocation of land came from a part of what had been given to Judah because Judah's territory was too large for them. So the tribe of Simeon received an allocation within the territory of Judah. Okay, this has come up a couple of times and I believe that God just wants us to settle right here for a minute. We have to understand that God is not trying to get us to a place where we have so much surplus 
and then don't share it. God gives more so that there is space and availability for us to help others. So we have to get this, that God's not desiring for us to hoard excess. God's not desiring for us to just grab a whole bunch of stuff. Now we have to understand this as a lot of us live in a Western world, in America specifically. And we don't understand how blessed or how much we actually have. Let's just let's just say it. we don't realize how much we actually have. So we're constantly seeking more. But the question is, when you get more, why do you need more? For what purpose? Why? What are you going to do with the more? A lot of times we just want God to just, come on, God, just give us more, give us more, give us more. And then what? And then what? And then what will you do with the more that you have? And also, do you recognize the more you already have? Do you realize how much you actually have right now? Do you understand how much excess, excess you actually have right now? God had to get me to a point where I was like, oh man, I need more of this. I need more of that. And he had to stand me in front of my refrigerator and say, do you know how much food you throw away every month when you clean your refrigerator because you didn't get to the food and it, and it rotted? Do you realize how much excess you actually have? Have you taken account of what you need to live on versus what you've been given? And do you realize, do you realize when you actually have something to give? Now, Judah had to identify that there was too much land, right? Judah had to identify that, hey, there's too much land. We're not using all this space. But first, they lived in the land and identified the excess. But the question is, when we are living our lives, do we identify the excess? Do we identify the areas where we have more than enough? I was folding up clothes for my kids and I realized that my kids have a lot of pants and a lot of shirts. And I just really believe the Holy Spirit was doing something in my heart. I was like, how much of this do they need? And how much is excess? Why is this important to identify the excess? Because when God sends someone that doesn't have, are you aware of the excess that you have so that you can give it away? And then also, how are we using our excess, right? How are we using our, the excess? Are we saying, well, I got excess, so I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to spend frivol frivolously. I'm going to do this and that. And so when God sends us someone in need, we're like, oh, I don't have enough. I don't have enough of them. Mm -mm. And God's like, but you spent up all the excess. We have to realize that our excess is not just for us to spend frivolously. It's for us to wait on God to see, God, what do you want to do with this? What do you want to do with this? 
Hallelujah. What do you want to do with this? Bailey says, even the gospels where Jesus tells the fishermen to cast their nets on the other side of the boat and they caught so much, other people had to help pull all the fish in. It wasn't meant for just them. Come on. It wasn't meant for just them. This is why Jesus tells us to go out and share and make disciples. Why? Because the gift of Jesus Christ is so big that we have a lot to give, right? We can give freely, but do are we hoarding the excess? My goodness. Donita said, abundant to help others too. I love that. Caring for others. Woo. Bailey says, you can't serve God and not serve his people. That's real. That's scripture. That's God. That is, if we want to look for like a characteristic of God that, that continues throughout scripture, God is basically like, hey, love me by loving my people, taking care of them. Come on. Hallelujah. Brenda brings up Luke 12, 48. Much given, much required. Hmm. Audrey says, God's promise is manifested while in the wilderness. Trust him wherever we are. Hallelujah. Bailey says, when you get more, does your pride take over? Or are you willing to stay humble and give away more? And give away more. What is your motive? She says, if you are serving God, your money ideally shouldn't be a problem. Come on. I love that. I've I've been listening to the sermons by Michael Todd. He's been doing a great, great job with that. But yeah, what is our motive with, with the excess? Do we even, the question is, do we even realize we got excess? Donita is running a decluttering challenge in the rest and simplicity group. And she's saying, okay, this day we're going to declutter this area. And she, I remember one of the videos, she was cleaning out under her sink and there was like four extra plastic bottles that she didn't need. How much excess do we have in our house? That's the issue that a lot of us have, myself included, that we don't even realize we have more than enough. That is the trick of the devil. Let's just call it what it is. That is the trick of the devil. He wants to convince you that what you have is not enough when what you have is actually more than enough. You just don't realize it. What did the enemy convince Adam and Eve with? He said, eat this fruit and you will be like God. He basically said, look, you're not going to surely die. Eat this fruit and you will be like God. But the reality was they were already like God. Because they were they were created in the image of God. So, so the, the devil convinced them that they didn't have what they had and convinced them they needed to eat the fruit to get what they already had. It's like selling water to a whale. 
oh, you know, it's very wet over here. You don't have enough water over here. You don't have what you need. So you probably need to buy this special water from me because you're not really in water. This is real water over here. The enemy is constantly trying to tell us we don't have something. And that's why God is showing us, hey, when I give, I give you more than enough for the season that you're in. But do you even recognize the excess? Do you recognize the blessing? Do you recognize the answered prayer? You've been praying, but when the prayer gets answered, do you even recognize that it got answered? Do you recognize it or do you move on to the next thing that you feel like you don't have and the next thing that you feel like you want? Do you recognize when God comes through and God does something and God exceeds something and gives you excess? Do you recognize it for what it is? Do you recognize the excess amount of time that you have? Some of us are in seasons that have a lot of time. And we're complaining about that because maybe that came with, oh, you know, I I don't have a job. I don't have this. I don't have that. It's like, but you have excess time. What are you doing with it? What are you doing with it? What are you doing with it? Right? So, So how am I dealing with the excess that God has given us? Perhaps you're like, you got excess food. But you don't see it because you're so busy staring at your car broke down. Oh, my car broke down. Oh, my goodness. I don't have enough. I don't have enough. But you're not realizing the excess that God has actually provided. Whoo-wee. Hallelujah. Donita said the decluttering challenge we are doing is reminding me not just how blessed and fortunate I am, but also making me think more about this same thing. Don't be wasteful. Come on. I love how, because I was reading this and I'm like, God, where are you going to focus us? I have no idea. And this kept coming up. What happened with Simeon and how Judah had too much land and Simeon and God's like, sit right there. Come on, sit right there. Oh, I pulled up Latrice's comment. I did it on accident, but let me read it. So a commentary referred me back to Deuteronomy 33 when Moses was blessing Israel. He prophesied much of this, Nephtali possessing the south and west, Asher being most blessed. Yeah, come on. I love it. Brandy said that part, Dominique, how much food do I throw away weekly? I spend, I spent uh, less than $100 yesterday at the grocery store, just enough for the week. Combined with what I already have. Janice says, find your more than enough and let it be used for others. Come on. Oh, can we stop right there? Find your more than enough. Because you got it. That's the thing. The enemy wants us to focus on our lack. I dare you, like Janice said, find your more than enough. Begin to type it in the comments. What areas of my life do I have more than enough? Am I recognizing the areas of my life that I have more than enough? In what areas of my life do I have more than enough? And let that be used for others. The thing about it, sometimes we don't think about, I have more than enough time. Maybe right now I'm not working. Perhaps I want to be working, but look, I'm not. I don't have the job right now. Okay, but now I have more than enough time. What am I doing with the more than enough time that I have? How am I using it 
to benefit others? What am I using with this more than enough? Some of us have more than enough food. How am I using this more than enough? Some of our kids got more than enough clothes. How am I using the more than enough? Some of us have more than enough purses. Let's be honest. How am I using this more than enough purses? Some of our children have more than enough toys. How am I using the more than enough toys? You know your kids ain't playing with all them toys no more. Some of the toys are from when they were three years old and now they're 12. How am I using the more than enough? Brenda says there is blessing boxes, I believe. Fill them up. Give them to the poor, needy, and homeless is what I'm feeling. Come on. What am I doing with my more than enough? Latrice says, uh, oh, this is the part about the commentary. Bailey says, had I not done the under the sink portion of the declutter challenge, I wouldn't have known my garbage disposal was leaking. Come on. <laughs> Sometimes we're hoarding so much that we can't. Woo. Sometimes we're hoarding so much that we can't even see a problem behind the stuff. What am I doing with my more than enough? Am I hiding behind it? Trying to to get my success and identity cup filled by amassing more things? Audrey says, when we declutter our hearts and minds, our lives will be decluttered. What am I doing with my more than enough? Look, all of us got excess somewhere. I can tell you that. But the question is, what am I doing with my more than enough? Maybe I have excess experience in a particular area. I got a whole bunch of experience in this area. What am I doing with my more than enough? Hmm. Brandy says, I've been decluttering my makeup. I initially felt ashamed of how much money I spent over time and didn't even open some. I look forward, I look forward for the growth. Come on, yeah. Look, I have more than enough makeup. Maybe there's some makeup that hasn't been opened that I can share. Maybe there's something I can do with it. I have more than enough. Like, like I'm not gonna get, I'm not gonna get ashamed about the more than enough, but I'm gonna identify and recognize that I have it and then. God, how can I use this to bless your people? Janice says, the more than enough becomes stressful clutter, clogging up our lives when we don't pay attention and distribute it to others rather than letting it sit. Like gathering more manna, it rotted. Yeah, and we have to understand why it was so important for Judah to give away the land they weren't using. Look, if they didn't give give it away, they would have to take care of that land. They couldn't just let it be overgrown. But nobody really, and Judah really needed it. So having the more than enough was actually just adding responsibility to the tribe of Judah that was unnecessary. They could just give it away. That's the thing about even our stuff. When we have more than enough stuff, it comes with responsibility. I have to store this. I have to figure out where it's going to go. I have to, you know, and if I don't, it's going to cause more and more mess. That's why God is not, a God of just, just get, just to get, have all the things just to have it, right? Mm-mm. 
We don't see that characteristic throughout scripture. He gives you what you need. And then he gives you some to share. <sighs> Latrice says, if we were to consider others more than ourselves with extra food, extra money, extra time, extra energy, extra vehicles, extra space. I mean, the ways we could glorify God with all this extra. Come on. All this extra. And the body of Christ, we've got to get this, right? There's so many things coming out now, and I don't usually dwell or harp on it, but there's so many things coming out now about churches mishandling funds and nonprofit organizations mishandling the money because they want to live lavish lifestyles and all this stuff. How many cars do you really need? Like getting this in our, our mind, like how much stuff do I really need? How, my, my husband used to say that God would say this thing to him. Like he would go out in college and he would just do his own thing, do his own thing. And he said, God kept saying, is it enough yet? Is it enough yet? Is it enough yet? You're amassing your life with all this stuff. Everything that the world tells you that is going to be so, you're going to be successful because you have all this stuff. Is it enough yet? Is it enough yet? Do you even recognize that you have excess? Do I even recognize that I have excess? Because, or am I so focused on what I feel like I lack that I don't even recognize that I have more than enough in a couple of areas that I could be giving away to others? I believe that the body of Christ really has to get this in this generation. That hey, we've got more than enough. We can share. Woo-wee. I heard a story that I found was so amazing. It was about a guy, I believe he's in California somewhere. And he used like this little strip of land that they are given he used it to grow vegetables and everything. And it was like right on the street. And the people were like, why would you want to grow vegetables there? People are going to take your vegetables. He was like, yeah, that's the point. Like, what? What do you mean that's the point? That's the point. He was like, I have more than enough. So I wanted to plant it here so that if somebody was driving by, they could eat the vegetable or eat the fruit or eat what they needed off of this off of this plant. And then he went around to other vacant areas and vacant lots. He looked at the laws on this and he found out that he could do this, right? So he went to vacant areas and vacant lots and just started planting, planting and cultivating things so that the people that walked by, if they were hungry, they could just take it off the plant. I mean, I don't know about you, but whenever I think about doing a garden, I think about doing it in my backyard with a fence so that nobody steals my stuff and so that I'll have enough. But what he recognizes, I've got, I've got more than enough. I just, and he said, I just love to plant. I love to grow things. And he had more than enough knowledge on how to grow things. 
So he just started gardens all over the city. And, and now they're realizing, based on what he's done and some of the research that's happening in areas, they're realizing that actually more green spaces in cities actually lowers the crime rate. So what he's done is not just provide food, but change cities. I believe he lived in, lives in Compton. But the question becomes, do I recognize that I have more than enough of something and I can share it with others? There was another story about a little girl who loved books and felt like she had a lot of books. So she built an outdoor library area come on see this is what this is the thing when you have when you recognize you're blessed you get real creative the problem is a lot of times we don't recognize it but this little girl she said she loved books so much she wanted to create an outdoor library and in this outdoor library what she did was she put some books in and it says take one leave one right and so the people could come by take a book and then put a book in Right. And so then the neighborhood started to do this. Somebody else did the same idea with diapers. They created a thing in their community and they put diapers and encouraged other people to put diapers in so that if there was any single mom, any mom that was in need that needed diapers for her kids, there was excess. But the problem is we can't think like that when we constantly feel like we're lacking. If we get it in our heart that I lack no good thing, I begin to look around for the excess that I have so that I can bless others. For somebody, they might have looked at that little girl's little library book collection thinking, oh, you don't have enough books, honey. I mean, I think she started that little library with like 10, 12 books. But so many people joined in that it ended up being 50 some odd books that they were exchanging back and forth. Come on. God's like, when you recognize you're blessed, you get real creative. When you recognize you have excess, you realize you can share. But the problem is when we get ourselves so focused on our lack. Remember, a couple of chapters back, there was also the tribe of Manasseh. Look at this. Look at this map. We've got to look at this map. We've got to look at this map again. Because a couple of tribes back, there was a tribe of Manasseh. You see the tribe of Manasseh has two plots of land. You see that it's second in size only to Judah. And Manasseh was complaining because they were like, we lack, we don't have enough. And they literally, you could tell from their attitude, wanted to take from someone else's land because they felt like they didn't have enough. And Joshua was like, no, nah, we're not having that. You're going to do this. And Manasseh was like, that's not going to be enough. They were grumbling and complaining. Judah, on the other hand, was like, we got more than enough. When you recognize your bliss, it changes the way you live your life. I could have the same amount of land as someone else and not recognize that I'm blessed and complain and not use it for anything. Or I can recognize I'm blessed and I have more than enough and I can use it to house a whole nother group of people. Like I can recognize I'm blessed and, and start looking for the excess. I know God has given me more than enough. God, I, let me recognize what you gave me. Sometimes we don't even recognize. We don't even recognize. Come on. It when we recognize we have excess, it changes everything. 
I remember I plugged my my salary that I feel like is so small. My family salary, I plugged it into the world salary calculator to feel, figure out, you know, how much wealth, it tells you how much wealth you have in comparison to other parts of the world. This calculator told me that I'm wealthier than 80% of the world population. 80%. I didn't even recognize that I was blessed. I didn't even recognize that I had excess. Well, I remember looking at that calculator and crying because I was like, oh my gosh, all this time I'm out here complaining about what I don't have and I didn't recognize how much I actually do have. Y'all, if you get a chance, I'll put the link in the in the app. If you get a chance, plug your salary in there. You'll be shocked at how much more you have than those than those around. You may be thinking, oh, it's not, it's just so small. It's this, it's that. God's like, you don't even recognize you blessed, man. Oh, I love this. Genesis, is there a way we can all bring something to the retreat to donate? I'm thinking either for single moms group or for a local charity where the retreat is. Just couldn't get that idea to go away. Let's do it, right? Come on, let's do it. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Latrice says, remember the early church in Acts? They were selling land and sharing funds. This is how God's kingdom operates. We talked about it on on Sunday. Like, Do I just want God to fix my problems or do I want him to govern my life? Do I just want power from the kingdom, but I don't really want to be a citizen? I don't really want to do what the kingdom does. This is what the kingdom does. For some of us, where people are looking around, where is the blessing? I'm asking and asking for God to, and we don't even know where the blessing. Like God's like, I gave you what I need you to give them. Hello. Do you realize that you got their answer? I just was letting you you hold on to it a little while. You got their answer. Hello. Hello. Do you realize that there's someone down the street that has no food and you got excess, but you won't ask me, hey, God, I recognize that I have all this food. Where is it supposed to go? You'll let it rot in your refrigerator. Hello, you have their answer. You have their answer. You have their answer. Demetrius says, since you excel in so many ways in your faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and your love from us, I want you to excel also in the gracious act of giving. 2 Corinthians 8, 7. Mm. Demetrius also says, just yesterday I was going to go to the grocery store. But God showed me we already had what we needed 
and to prepare something for dinner. Didn't need more. Just needed to look at what was already there. This is a, we've been talking about principle of the kingdom. This is the way God's kingdom works. If I have more than enough, I can guarantee you it's for someone else. I'm just holding on to it until God brings them across my path. So be responsible with what you have. Because you very well may be holding on to someone else's answer and keep your ears open, your spirit open to God being able to say, hey, that that person, remember how you have that excess? That is for them. It's for this person right here. You have no idea how many times in my life that I was going through something and someone came to me and said, hey, I had this excess and I didn't know what it was for, but I realize now it's for you. Here you go. You never know. You. That's the thing. We've got to keep our eyes open to the fact that we have more than enough. More than enough. Look, look, look back here. More than enough books. If I turned my camera around, you would see more than enough toys for my kids. What am I, am I, am I willing to be sensitive to the move of the Holy Spirit and ask God, what is this more than enough for? More than enough. More than enough. We have more than enough. And we can begin to think in faith, mamas, how can we support others? We've thought about also building out like a faith mama's closet where people can send stuff or we can put regular pictures of the things we have just in case somebody needs it. And then we ship it to them. If they need it, somebody ships it to us. And then if they need it, we ship it to them. Come on. Brandy said, I thought I didn't make enough money living paycheck to paycheck. I separated my monthly earnings into bills and spending. I realized my spending outweighed my bills. Come on. So I have more. Woo. That's that. I have more than enough to pay my bills. It's my excess spending that I'm struggling with. And God's like, you need to stop that anyhow. We've got to realize how the kingdom of God functions. And then when we begin to look at our more than enough as like, okay, I have this more, God, where do you want me to use it? He might say, I want you to save it. And then later on, you see what he wanted you to use it for. He might say, hey, I want you to go, go to the grocery store and stand at the the front and get, and just buy someone's groceries. You don't know. But the thing is the first step, the first step in surrendering the more than enough to God is recognizing we have it. Recognizing we have more than enough. It's so interesting that we read this entire chapter of Joshua chapter 19. And there was so many names and so many different places that we probably could have gone. But God like focused us right here on what happened in Judah. Focused us right there on what happened in Judah and with Simeon. And says this for, for I believe that it's for all of us. It's a heart check for us all. How am I using my more than enough? Do I even recognize the areas in which I have more than enough? I I dare you, if you feel like you're lacking, I dare you to on purpose, 
Look through your life and find the more than enough. I dare you. If you feel like you're lacking, I'm telling you, I don't care if you're homeless. I don't care if you're like, look through your life and find the more than enough. Because one area could feel lacking and one area you may have excess. Where is the more than enough, God? Because it's there. A lot of times we will not notice it. Some of us have more than enough time. Some of us have more than enough talents and gifts that we can give away. Some of us have more than enough stuff. Some of us have more than enough finances. Some of us have more than enough strength. We can help somebody lift something up or whatever. Recognize where we have more than enough. Some of us have more than enough experience in motherhood. We can help somebody else babysit a kid. Some of us have more than enough. We all do. It's about recognizing where the more than enough is. It's about recognizing where the more than enough is. Some of us have more than enough organizational skills. I see Donita in here taking notes of what everybody else is bringing to the table and she's going to put it all together and go to the planning team. She's got more than enough. She can do that, right? But first we have to recognize that I have excess. That I really don't need all that I have. I was looking at really quick story and we're going to go. So I felt like our house was just too small. I was like, we've got six people living in, seven people actually living in this house. That seven people living in this house just feels so small. And then people would tell me, when are you going to get another house? Like, when are you going to get a bigger house? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I probably, we've got to figure this out. We've got to get more money so we can get a bigger house. And, and you know, I want to, and I want to do this and that. And I want to invite people over to my house. And I was just, I was so nervous because I felt like my house was too small and all this stuff. And so we went out looking for a house, right? And uh, not that we had any money to spend on a house right then, but I was like, oh yeah, let's go look. And my kids went with us. And I remember my son crying. And I'm like, what's wrong? And this is my oldest son. He says, I don't want to move, mommy. I really like our house. And then here comes me trying to convince my son that we didn't have enough space. I was like, well, well, son, don't you notice that, you know, isn't it cramped? Don't you not want to share a room with your brothers? He was like, I love sharing a room with my brothers. And I'm like, but don't you want your own space? He's like, no, I don't want my own space. I love our life. I love sharing a room with my brothers. I love this. It's great. And so here I am thinking we don't have enough. And here's my son with a whole nother perspective in the same house. Like you think we don't have enough, but I recognize we're blessed. I'm thinking, oh, it's not enough. And Michael's like, oh, we're blessed. We're in a great neighborhood. I can see my friends. We've got space. I can share room with my brothers. We've got space for my toys. Like he's like, I, to, in my perspective, we're blessed. And here I am trying to convince him we lack. And God had to get me. He was like, listen to your son. You have more than enough. Come on, Bailey says, I know what I don't have, but God help me see what I do have. Come on, Lord, help me see what I do have. 
It's so interesting. I remember one year I was so sad because I wanted to throw my kid a birthday party and we couldn't afford it. And I wanted him to have a big birthday party. And I remember him on his birthday being so happy to play with his friends. Like, so happy. Like, whoa. He was just, and he said, this is the best day ever. We made pancakes. And we, 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 um, we had like sprinkles on the pancakes and stuff. And he was like, this is the best day ever. And it was a heart check to me. It's like, I thought I lacked that I couldn't give my son something, but I didn't realize that I had more than enough love. He had more than enough friends and he had more than enough toys. Look, even if he had one friend, I'm, I know that little boy would have been so happy just to play. But sometimes we don't recognize what we do have. We don't see what we do have because we're so focused on what we don't have. And that's the trick of the devil is to get us to focus on what we don't have so that we will be blinded to what we do have. And that we can't give anything away because we don't think we are, we have anything to give. My kids have taught me so much about our life being blessed. In the air, because I thought that I had to do this and be this and have this as a mom. And when I watch my kids just get excited to play with their toys, and when I watch my kids just get excited to hang out with their friends, and when I, I listen to my kids who share our one room, and I listen to them sharing back and forth and talking and hee 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 and giggling in their room and enjoying their life, they recognize something that I've missed. They have more than enough. And, and I was so blinded to the fact that I thought we lacked that I didn't realize that I had something to give away. More than enough to give away. Latrice says, I, I was thinking that's why God wants us to come that way with childlike perspective. Because they can see the blessings that us adults miss. They kind of have an understanding of what life really is. Adults are here trying to achieve something and kids are trying to, are wanting to live. Where they are with what they have. Donita said, before Thanksgiving, I challenged my daughter to look at her toys every year and declutter. Not giving away broken items, but the things you don't use. Then we take it to the goodwill. Come on, get it and recognize you have more than enough. More than enough. Our life is not about amassing a whole bunch of stuff. That's not a sign of success. Our life is literally an opportunity to love out loud every single day and be who we were created to be, which is image bearers of God. That's why amassing stuff is never going to make us feel the same way that giving it away will. Why? 
because we were designed to carry God's image into the earth. And every time we do that, we feel more alive. Hoarding won't cause that to happen because we weren't designed to hoard. We were designed to be plugged in to an abundant overflow kind of God so that we can take what he has given to our lives and give it to someone else. The enemy is constantly going to try to get us to focus on our lack. That is his strategy. Look what God didn't give you. Look what God didn't do for you. Look what God is withholding from you. That is the enemy through and through. He tries to do it all the way throughout scripture. But when we get to the point where we're like, you know what? I have more than enough. I have more than enough. And if God decides to give me more, that's great. And I can give that away, but I have more than enough. I recognize that. Donita said, I literally was talking to my husband about legacy a few months ago. I would rather be known and remembered by God's image of love than anything else. How is it that the people that that per, that personify the love of, of God are actually the ones that make the most lasting impressions? Why? Because we recognize who we were designed to be, image bearers of God. Yeah, Allison talks about how there's a scripture, I can't remember what it was, but it talks about how moths and rust destroy all that extra stuff that you just keep in the barns. I don't find that scripture, but that's a good one. Have more than enough. Today, I encourage us, all of us, to sit down and to begin to write out all the more than enough we have. And for some of us, it may feel so hard because it feels like there's so many areas in which we lack. But I can guarantee you that if you would just press into this, you will find that there's areas of your life that you actually have more than enough. There's a trick of the devil. Thank you, Janice. She says, Matthew 6, 19 is a scripture that Allison was referring to. There's a trick of the devil that says that you don't have anything to give. And you're sitting and waiting for God to give you something so you can give or feel like you can, like you're, you're, you might be listening to this and you're like, I really don't have anything. I challenge you on that. You might have time. You might have a skill. You might have, you might have stuff. You might have books. You might have movies. You might have ideas. So today I encourage all of us to sit down and recognize, that's the first step, recognize the areas of our life where we have more than enough and then submit those areas to God and say, Lord, I recognize that I have more than enough in these areas and I'm willing to surrender these to you and ask you, Lord, how would you, how would you like me to use them? I know I recognize that I've been blessed. How many times do we say that? I recognize that I've been blessed with more than enough. How many times do we actually say that in prayer? Or is it more like, 
I recognize I don't have this. God, I need you to fix this. God, I need how many times has I recognized that I've been blessed in this area? That I have more than enough. For the guy that I talked about earlier who was planting all this stuff, he had more than enough skill on how to plant. And so now other people are able to eat of the fruit and the trees and the vegetables. Lord, show show us what we have more than enough of. Erica says, the English Standard Version says, lay up treasures in heaven. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Oh, come on. Hallelujah. What areas do I have more than enough so that I can share with others? Instead of just hoarding it in my house where it's getting broken up and or instead of hoarding it within me, I'm not sharing the skills that I have. <laughs> April says, I have every kind of water bottle and don't even drink enough water. <laughs> Come on. And this is not in condemnation. This is just, hey, when we start to recognize that we're already blessed, when we start to recognize that God has already given us excess in a certain area. Number one, we begin to trust him more. And number two, we begin to recognize that I do, you do have something to give. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you. Lord, we could have focused on Joshua and how Joshua got his land after everybody got his land, their land. Lord, we could have focused on the boundaries and the borders. There's so many things we could have focused on in this chapter. But for some reason, you saw fit for us to focus on Judah giving a portion of their land to Simeon. Because they had more than enough. Lord, I know that those of us that are watching are not here by chance and that we're here because you are saying to us, we need to open our eyes to the more than enough that we have right in front of us that we've been ignoring or we haven't been noticing. So Lord, we pray and we ask you, Lord, today, would you help us? Would you help us to open our eyes and to see what we've been missing? To see the excess that we've written off because we've been focused so focused on our lack. Would you help us to see the more than enough that you have given us? Would you help us to see the more than enough that you have given us? And would you show us, Lord, how you want us to utilize that? How you want us to bless others with it? Lord, if it's more than enough ideas, Lord, help us to show where you want those ideas to go. If it's more than enough clothes, Lord, show us where you want those clothes to go. If it's more than enough food, Lord, show us. If it's more than enough time, show us how you want us to use that time, Lord. Our heart's desire is to walk as your image bearers. So, Lord, help us 
to see what you've placed in our hands. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. I was, I was, as I was praying, I thought about Moses and the rod he had in his hand. And, and to him, it probably just looked like a rod. But to God, God used that rod in, in the whole process of Israel being set free. So to us, it looks like nothing. But if we look through the perspective of God, we will see that it's more than enough. More than enough. Lord God, we lift up Tamika and her family. Lord, we pray for that their needs would be met, that their hearts would be mended in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. I encourage each and every one of you guys, if you have not joined the Faith Mamas Tribe app, please do. And also, if you have a friend or family member that is desiring um, community that wants to dig into the scriptures, be sure to share with them. And they can join us every morning. And yeah, just let's hang out and do this together. Like, comment, share, and subscribe to this channel. Can you guys go back and and write your comments Um of your big takeaways in the app. And please keep our sister Lenita in your prayers. Her aunt recently passed away. So please keep her in your prayers um, and just lift up her family um, and, and everything that she may be going through and her family may be going through. And I love you guys so much. And tonight is Ministry Monday. So be on the lookout for a video at 6 p.m. this evening. <sighs> Y'all, if you're not in the decluttering challenge with Donita in the, the Simplicity and Rest group, get in on that challenge, right? Oh, and Bailey is reminding us today, the judges devotional will be available. Um, and so I will post in the app when I posted that in, but the judges devotional will be available. Shout outs to Bailey and Kenda and the entire devotional writers crew um, for their, 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 they're giving their gifts and talents. Come on, that's another way we give, right? These devotional guides are completely free. Why? Because faith mamas are like, I'm going to give my talent. I feel like God has gifted me to be able to write and I'm going to give that. Praise the Lord. And I have some time. God has given me a little bit of extra time to be able to, to do this. And so they have. So anyway, I love you guys. I pray that you have an absolutely amazing Monday. If this ministry has blessed you anyway, please consider giving and we will be back here at the same time um, on Tuesday, Lord willing, as we study Joshua chapter 20. You guys, we only have four more chapters of Joshua left and then we'll be into the book of Judges. Can you believe it? That's absolutely amazing. I love you guys. I pray that you have an absolutely amazing Tuesday and I will see you guys back here tomorrow. Bye for now.